I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, August 10th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so some big news in the world of sports. I know we probably shouldn't talk about sports, but hey, this is an important one. So Serena Williams, she announced that she will be retiring after the U.S. Open. Now, she has won 23 Grand Slam titles. It's an incredible achievement for any athlete. Jay, initial reactions? Well, she is the GOAT. I think undisputed. Are you, are you a tennis fan, Jay? You, you watch any tennis? I do watch tennis. I like tennis. I really like Serena Williams. She is a fierce competitor. And I just like the way she always sort of carried herself and kind of kicked ass all the time. I'm a, I'm a huge tennis fan, and I actually think it's the toughest sport in the world, Jay. And I think that's a pretty controversial statement, but I think it's tough because, one, the physicality of it. So if you're doing five sets in a Grand Slam or three sets in a Grand Slam, but if you're doing any extended period of time tennis, it's all on you. The physicality is incredible. It's a mental game. It's all in your head. And so it's a fight between you and yourself, less so even the opponent. Uh, and it's extremely tactical. There's a ton of strategy involved, which is why I think it is the toughest sport to play in the world, or at least to, be, to excel it. To be a professional tennis player, you essentially have to be a robot. I don't think that's the worst sports take you've ever had. So take that as a compliment. And as Adam Sandler's character said on Hustle, it's you against you, Brett. If you disagree with me, though, don't leave a review. Just just tweet at me, DM me. There's many other forms to, to provide feedback to us. Well, Brett, aside from Serena Williams' career, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Netflix gaming business, it's not taking off. For our second story, the House of Commons is investigating Canadian Airlines and airports. And for our last story, Google's fighting against green bubbles on iMessage. This is something I'm sure you'll be happy about, Jay. Can't wait to get to that story. But... For our first story, did you know that Netflix has games? <laughs> You're not alone if you answered no. In fact, 99% of its subscribers have never experienced the joy of playing Exploding Kittens, X-Tech Mayhem, or any other games on the platform either. Brett, Netflix has games. I know we've talked about this before, but I'm still not sure it makes any sense. What is the background again? Well, Jay, I'm actually one of the 1% of users that have actually experimented with Netflix gaming platform. I played... I, I knew you were part of the 1%, Brett. It goes along with the tennis. <laughs> tennis is a is an everyman sport, Jay. There's public courts everywhere. All you need are shoes and a racket. But I, I played a mini golf game on it. It was fun for like five minutes. And I never played it again. So anyways, here's what's going on. Netflix announced its foray into the $93 billion global mobile games market last year as competition with streaming rivals intensified. Netflix bet on games to differentiate it from competitors and bolster its market share, which fell by 10 percentage points between 2020 and 2022 as you know everybody's watching tv 24 7 now despite the limited uptake by users it's doubling down on the plan acquiring three gaming studios since last year and aiming to have 50 games on its platform by the end of 2022 while netflix may hope a new <laughs> queen's gambit video game will help it checkmate its rivals see what i did there brett the investment comes during an industry slowdown that's seen gaming companies fall back to earth from pandemic highs. A Queen's Gambit video game is just chess. It's just virtual chess, Jay. Anyways, during lockdowns, game sales increased because there was nothing better to do than play Animal Crossing for 14 straight hours. Now, consumer spending has shifted to experiences like dining and concerts from the metaverse to the real world. Yeah, playing a game for 14 straight hours, that was called uh, going to school at home. But major game makers EA and Nintendo posted disappointing earnings reports last quarter, as did some companies that sell gaming hardware like Chipmaker NVIDIA. 
Now, the global games market is expected to grow 2.1% this year, very sluggish compared to the 24.6% growth it saw in 2020. Meanwhile, U.S. game sales are expected to decline for the first time since 2016. This is all per the Wall Street Journal. So, Jay, what's the bottom line on Netflix's gaming experiment? Well, the gaming industry is still massive, Brett, but the conditions aren't as favorable as they were even a year ago. If Netflix is looking to level up by tapping into the industry, it'll have to do so in hard mode, Brett. Gaming yeah. term. Need to, they need a cheat code, that's for sure. There you go. For our second story, just when you thought things couldn't get any worse for our friends, Canada's airlines and airports chain. The government has launched an investigation into flight cancellations making, into all the flight cancellations that are making headlines. Jay, what are they hoping to find out that we don't already know? I feel like we know a lot by now. Just to be clear, before you come attacking us, we don't really have that many friends that work in Canadian airlines or airports. I don't think I have any friends there. Right now. Anyway, the House of Commons is looking into how airlines ramped up flight schedules to cash in on the rebound in travel without you know, making sure there's enough staff to ensure things ran smoothly. So don't feel too bad for Air Canada right now. I definitely don't, Jay. That's the the last on my sympathy list. Airlines didn't understand what the impact would be on the infrastructure and aviation ecosystems actually handling the traffic. At least this is what John Gradak told the Financial Post. Delays are declining and airlines are proactively canceling flights, but the solutions that came out of the House of Commons investigation will aim to make sure that airports don't completely fall apart the next time the country faces a pandemic-like crisis. And there is more, Jay. Air Canada, the country's largest airline, is also getting heat for refusing to compensate passengers for recent cancellations caused by staffing shortages. As they stand, air passenger protection regulations require airlines to pay up to $1,000 for cancellations or significant delays that are within the carrier's control. But Air Canada, they're playing some tricks here. They're classifying cancellations caused by staff shortages as a quote-unquote safety problem, which excludes travelers from being compensated under the law. How to make friends and influence people. But this is why it all matters, Brett. The Canadian Transportation Agency said the classification violates current federal rules and is implementing a new set of regulations next month that will give passengers the option of a full refund if a flight is canceled or delayed by over three hours. And for our last story, which is tailor-made for Brett and I, Android users like me know that there is no greater indignity than being the only green bubble in a friend group of iPhone users like everybody else at the peak. Now, Google is stepping up to fight this injustice. Jay, this is like the Montagues and Capulets. You know, this is a Romeo and Juliet style tango. Google has started a publicity campaign calling on Apple to move iPhones to the RCS messaging protocol. Now, this would allow for smoother messaging between iPhones and Androids and put an end to the blue bubble bullying that I deploy often on UJ. And so I apologize for that. You know, I don't think I ever have, but I will on air, I'll apologize for that bullying. But many other Android users endure this as well. This sounds like the geekiest publicity campaign ever. But RCS is like an upgraded version of SMS, which is the texting technology we've had since like the 80s and supports a lot of the same features as iMessage, like end-to-end encryption or read receipts that can let you know if you've been ghosted or not. It doesn't matter if you're on iMessage, though, Jay. You should never turn read receipts on. It makes no sense. The other big difference, unlike iMessage, which is owned and operated by Apple, any company can use RCS technology on their devices. It's kind of like email in that way. But here's the thing. 
Apple has basically zero motivation to do the spread. iMessage locks people into the Apple ecosystem by seamlessly connecting iPhones and MacBooks, and the coveted blue bubble has become a status symbol that Apple isn't keen to abandon. But, you know, let's think bigger here. Let's be optimists for once, Jay. A utopian world where Android and iPhone users alike could set aside their differences and enjoy texting equally would be great but it likely won't happen without government regulation, something that's already happening in Europe with recent antitrust legislation. It reminds me a lot of the 2000 and, what was it? 2000 for Barack Obama speech, red states and blue states. You got green bubbles, blue bubbles, but they're the united bubbles in this new messaging system, Jay. Well, we will have one united texting platform, but also one uniting charging platform, which is also happening in Europe as well. So between charging your computer and phones and and actually text messaging between different platforms. Someday, you're right, that would be utopian, but Thank you, Europe. Pete Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett and Brett. It's a big night in Toronto tonight. You know why? I actually have no idea. <laughs> I know. This one's going to go over way over your head. There's a big concert tonight at Budweiser Stage. I will see all my friends there. What is it like? A Shania Twain? Oh, no, it's fish. But if you want to come, Brett, <laughs> I got an extra seat for you. So you'll come along. Yeah, I'm actually busy tonight, Jay. So that's okay. <laughs> have a good day, Brett. You too.